With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon. My name is Martin Shields, and I'm going to be your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. It's great to be here with you on this absolutely stunning Saturday afternoon in early September. Uh, I was talking to I've got a 16-year-old daughter, Isabel, and she said that uh, a year ago they were it was the first day of school. So we're fortunate this year. Uh, summer extends longer. Labor Day is probably about as late as it can be. And uh, it's great to be here with you on this long weekend. Hopefully you're out enjoying it, maybe sitting in the, the back patio, uh, out driving around in your car, maybe out the boat, or maybe just looking out the, out the window like I am and still appreciating what a great day it is. And you know, it's been an interesting time. I, this uh, summer has definitely been different, but I will tell you, and I think uh, everybody I talk to agrees, this is probably one of the nicest summers that uh, I, I remember in a long time. And uh, thank goodness for that, because could you imagine if it was a COVID summer like we had and, and rainy? And, uh, you know, you really want to be outside if you're in public. And if it was a rainy, rainy summer, which occasionally we have, uh, that would put a crimp in it. So, it's been great to have a nice warm summer and the weather for this weekend looks great and uh, even next week. So hopefully this will continue through the fall. And, uh, you know, I don't know any of you out there listening or parents with kids going to school. So we've got uh, three going to two in high school and one in, in middle school and they start this week. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, they start like a hybrid uh, situation uh, here at Saratoga. So a couple of days in, a couple of days out. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it will work. It will be, be safe and, uh, and we'll move forward. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm here to talk to you about finances and, and your financial planning and investment management questions. So I encourage you to call in with those questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. Again, it's 800 800- 825-5949. And as we always say, there's no silly or dumb question except for the one that you don't ask. So you may be doing your fellow listener a favor by calling in with that question that you have. Especially what we always see with uh, our clients is, you know, they kind of check out a little bit in July and August, go on vacation or, you know, just kind of uh, appreciate uh, the summer. But as you move into September, uh, you know, you start thinking about getting things in line for the end of the year and just kind of revisiting uh, everything from investments to a financial plan and whatnot. So that may be you. And this is a good time to start kind of thinking that way, right? Making sure that everything's lined up. And certainly you go through a situation like COVID where the market drops as dramatically as it did this spring. And, you know, uh, maybe you, you got, uh, you, you were let go from your job and, or, you know, you had to take some time off just because of, uh, the uh, sharp decline or just anything that's going on. And it makes you assess and say, hey, you know what? Let's just make sure that everything's in, in a good situation and uh, that we're, um, from a planning perspective, we're solid. And from an investment perspective, 
uh, were positioned correctly. And in particular, now that uh, you know the market was down this week, it was the first week since June that it's been down, but we're still at you know uh, up quite dramatically, six percent in the S and P uh, for the year, and that's just performance, not dividends. And so you know, still the markets are doing well. This is a great time to assess. Hey, where do you stand with that risk tolerance, right? Uh, you know, uh, if you are overly concerned and, and panicky and when uh, March uh, came and, and the decline happened, this is a good time to assess and say, hey, do I need to make any changes? Or if you're getting close to uh, retirement, a uh, good time to assess and say, hey, do I make any adjustments? Or on the flip side, of that is, um, you know, maybe in your 401k, uh, you know, as I've said before on the radio, you know, with your 401k, really, when the market's down, you want to take on more risk. You want to be buying in equities at those depressed values, uh, it may not feel comfortable with your uh, statements showing uh, such sharp declines, but from a long-term investment perspective, if you're in the accumulation stage, the larger you have buying into equities at those depressed values, uh, that's gonna be good. And that's with current contributions and even going ahead and being more aggressive, uh, switching your allocation from more bonds or secure assets to more aggressive assets when the market's down. But now we're kind of flipping through that right now. We're on the other side. And if you made those changes back in March, this is a good time to kind of maybe reassess and uh, maybe uh, take uh, some of those gains uh, if you were successful in doing that and, and being a little more conservative right now. Um, again, if this is uh, something you made changes back in, in March, so again, I think it's important to take these moments and just do a kind of a self assessment or a household assessment and make sure that you're in a good spot. The other thing too is, you know, we see this with a number of clients, uh, you know, things have gotten better. Uh, the jobs numbers came out, they look great. Uh, you know, we, we added uh, 1.4 million jobs and the unemployment rate dropped to 8.4%. Uh, uh, and that's, that's fantastic, but you know, there could be additional job layoffs. Uh, I know in particular, if you're in the airline industry or other industries, there, there could be other job layoffs. So, you know, I think it's important to make sure that from a financial perspective, uh, you're in a good financial spot. Uh, the other thing that we see too, is a number of people have saved more because they just haven't not been out spending money, whether it's going out to eat or traveling. So they may have additional cash and, you know, there could be different things that you utilize that cash for, whether it be Roth contributions or 529 contributions, whatever the case may be, paying down some debt, uh, you know, it's a good time to kind of think about, okay, what do I want to do with that extra cash? Or, or like I said earlier, how do I prepare for some of the unknowns that may exist uh, in the economy and your job uh, until things get sorted out? And, you know, as we've talked about, without a doubt, really, until there is a vaccine, um, and there's certainly some good news out there with vaccines, but vaccines that everybody feels comfortable taking and that are uh, going to be working at a very high level, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with the markets, uh, with your job and, and with uh, companies. And, you know, right now, companies are in the process of doing budgeting for 2021. And I'm sure if you're a CFO or a CEO, uh, with a few exceptions, uh, you know, you're probably going to be making sure that you have things set pretty uh, conservatively, that you know, you're not gonna be going out spending an awful lot if there's some uncertainty in your business. And you know, we see this with a number of small business owners. You know, in, in many cases, their goal is just to get through this over the next um, you know, six to nine months and then get it on the backside. You know, they see a little bit of a, a lull in their business. Uh, they may be 
be as much of a demand as uh, some of the customers are kind of holding off on spending some money. So I'm sure that's happening at all levels from small businesses up to uh, to uh, big, large corporations as well. So again, folks, call in with your questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, Thursday and Friday, uh, that goes a little bit of a test. Uh, you, you know, you, you look at the S&P, it was up to over 10% and almost no volatility too. I mean, not only had it was it up 10% for the year, but over the last month and a half, all the way since early June, there was no volatility, which, you know, that's once you start seeing that in most cases, especially a year like this, you know, it usually the market's going to take a step back at some point and uh, just kind of say, okay, maybe it's, it's getting ahead of itself. And, you know, I think also, you know, the real leaders uh, in this market have been the big tech companies, right? Apple, Google, um, uh, you know, these these companies have been really the, the leaders in moving forward and, and, and it makes sense, right? You know, they're really, their services are in high demand, but, you know, you had companies like A Apple, which were a huge fan of tech and the NASDAQ and, and companies like Apple and Amazon and Netflix, but, you know, they had PEs of 15, uh, you know, four or five years ago. Now they got PEs in the mid to, to high uh, 30s, right? And, uh, you know, when you're a $2 trillion company and your PE is in the mid to high 30s, you got to continue an awful lot of growth to keep that PE uh, in place. So, you know, it's just something to remember, you know, as you're looking at it. And we want to wanted to kind of discuss that a little bit because, you know, people get this mindset that these big companies, that they'll always be the biggest companies out there. And, you know, history would show that's not going to be the case, right? Uh, that there's going to be change in, in leadership over time as uh, other companies rise up. Uh, and, you know, chances are it's probably gonna be in the tech space, but you never know how that goes. You, you really don't. But we're gonna go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion. We take your questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And I'm gonna be your host today for Let's Talk Money, sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher. And it's great to be here with you on this absolutely stunning day. And I encourage you to call in with any questions you may have for me. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. So call in with your questions. The number of things I want to discuss today, some ideas from an investment management perspective, but also uh, from a financial planning perspective and things that you can kind of potentially use in your own personal situation. But one idea that I want to put out there is, um, you know, in engineering, and I'm not an engineer, I'm an economist, but I do know this, that in engineering, uh, they have two kind of philosophies that are out there, real simple. Uh, one is form fouls function right? Form, follow, follows, function. And all that means is when you're thinking about how to do design something, the first thing you need to be thinking about is what form will allow that thing that you're designing to function at the highest level, right? That is the, the primary thing that you're thinking about. And then after that, maybe you're going to get something in there that kind of makes sure it looks pretty and that uh, kind of appealing to individuals. But the form of whatever you're, you're designing has to 
follow the function of what it's, uh, it's made to do. Another one they have saying they have is KISS, right? K-I-S-S. -S. Uh, keep it si uh, simple. Uh, and <laughs> it could be silly or whatever. Keep it simple, right? That is, that is the most important thing is to keep it simple. And I bring these two things up because I see so often that people, and it's people in my industry as well, but also, you know, individuals from their own perspective. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They make things complicated, right? And I'm telling you, from an investment perspective, from a financial planning perspective, things are complicated enough, right? I mean, <laughs> tax code, you name it, it, things are always very complicated to begin with. But when you're making decisions as to what you should do in your own personal situation, think about what is the goal of what you're trying to achieve. This is kind of the, the form files function. What is the goal? And then how do you, it's in the most simple way, achieve that. Right. It's in it. And don't get don't make it complicated. And if you're if you're dealing with an advisor that makes it complicated, it's maybe time to reassess that relationship because, you know, that complication quite often it's out there because they're trying to sell you a product. Right. A, a product they're trying to sell you, not not a service, but a product. And it's also because I think there's some advisors out there that feel that if you don't understand it, that's a good thing right? That you have to go to them because it's so complicated that you cannot possibly wrap your head around it and, and, and understand it. And from our perspective, you know, if you listen to the show, we're very transparent with what we do. And we really believe in this concept that keeping things simple uh, from an investment perspective, from a financial planning perspective, that is the way to be successful. And that's the way we're successful with managed portfolios. You know, we use ETFs, exchange traded funds. They, they're an index fund that relatively speaking, when you think about it, you know, there's a lot of complications that go on underneath it, but the basic idea is pretty, it's pretty simple, right? You just, you've got a, an investment that is an index fund that tracks a basket of stocks or a basket of bonds, or it could be commodities. It's a pretty simple concept. And really what we look at is asset classes, right? And, you know, an asset class can be cash, it can be stocks, it can be bonds, it could be, there's a lot of sub uh, asset classes and sectors and things. And, you know, we make changes based on what we see in the economy. But it really, the goal there is to, to make it simple. And, you know, where I see this, you know, getting more complicated, we talk about annuities and the fact that they're sold as simple, but they're, they're really very complex instruments and they're, they're very complex products. Uh, you know, you see it in, uh, you know, now with some long-term care uh, products, uh, you see it in life insurance, definitely, um, you know, and, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, that there are some cases where life insurance can be an investment. There are, there are some cases where that actually is, does work, where you want it to either be an investment or you want it rock solid. You want a, a whole life insurance policy that you know it's not going to vary, right? So, but it's not the, the norm. For most people, a term life insurance po policy, which is you're simply insuring somebody's life, uh, and that's the most straightforward way to to price it and to get it is through a term life insurance policy. That is the, the simplest way to protect 
yourself, your family in case somebody dies, right? And that, that's the risk that you're looking to protect against. Uh, you know, for like for myself, I'm the sole breadwinner for my family. So the risk is that, I, you know, something happened to me. Uh, it's a problem for my family, my wife and my kids. So, you know, we have a fairly large term life insurance policy on me to make sure that, you know, the kids can, uh, college is paid for, that, you know, the, any of the mortgage on the house is paid off, that, you know, my wife is in a situation that she can have some income provided from that money for a period of time. So that's that risk that the term life insurance protects against. And then once that risk goes away, meaning that the kids leave the house or they get through college and I'm retired, then that risk goes away. We don't need it anymore. And, you know, that just really kind of keep that concept in mind that really keeping things simple uh, is the best way from a investment management and financial planning perspective. And, you know, definitely from an investment management perspective, I mean, boy, Wall Street loves to make it complicated, right? The more complicated, then, you know, you don't understand it. So let me tell you what, you know, you need to do. And uh, it's just, it is amazing to me. And what's amazing to me, again, sometimes these complicated things are, are sold real simply. And then when you start digging down, you're like, oh my gosh, this is anything. Once you start to know what's really going on, you're like, these products are not simple. They may be sold as simple, but they're, they are complicated. They are, they, they, when you need to have a document that explains that product and it's, that document is 60, 70, 80, 100 pages long, and then you're like, okay, not simple, folks. Very complicated, but just something to keep in mind. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good idea in life in general is to keep life simple. Uh, you know, you, you make things complicated in different ways, and uh, it gets confusing, and uh, it's not as good. Uh, a real simple uh, form, a real simple idea that's implemented properly uh, can be a beautiful thing. That's that's the way way it goes. So just something to kind of be aware of. But again, if, if you have any questions, you want to discuss this in more discussion on personal situation, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So one of the other things I want to talk about uh, is in uh, employee stock purchase plans, ESPP. Now, really what an ESPP is, employee stock purchase plan, is you're working for a public company and they have this plan that allows you to buy the company's stock uh, at a discount versus the current market price. And it varies as to what that discount is. Usually it's 10 or 15% from the current market price. Uh, and it varies as to how much you can actually buy. Usually it's up to around $20,000, $25,000. So again, employee stock purchase plan, ESPP, you're buying your company stock at a discount uh, versus the current market price. And, and that discounts around 10 or 15%. And then you could either hold the company, uh, that, that stock, um, or you can turn around and sell it. So, you know, really what I want to bring this up is, you know, many people we work with, they have an ESPP that's available to them. And if you can go ahead and turn around and sell that stock. So you buy it one day and almost the, usually that same day or the next day, you can turn around and sell it. You know, it is a great vehicle to either accumulate a position uh, in your company stock, if you think the company's going to be doing really well. Now, the thing you have to remember is, you know, if you have stock options, if you have restricted stock, you know, you're also going to have that, right? So you may, you know, you, I, we always tell folks that the more you get tied up into your company, uh, if it does well and it's a rocket ship, well, fantastic. But you have to be aware that that's where your employment is. 
Uh, that's where your health insurance is. And the more of the company stock that you own, you know, there's a risk from your investment or from your net worth perspective. So it, it's something to always be aware of. Um, and so, but with the ESPP, you can turn around and sell that at uh, a 15% gain, basically. If you turn around and sell it that same day or that next day, you can get a 10 or 15% gain. Now, the gain is going to be ordinary income, right? So you're going to pay ordinary income on that gain, but it's basically free money. So along those lines, I mean, it really, if you have this, it's available. And again, with the big caveat is that you can turn around and sell it that day. You don't have to hold it six months because some plans do require that you hold it for six months, which the risk with that is you hold it for six months. Now your company stock goes down, right? So, you know, now you own a lot of that company stock and uh, it's, it's got down in value. Now you may or may not want to sell it. And, you know, what can be an immediate um, income, immediate gain for you now becomes a loss. So, you know, the way to think about this is you can even just run through money that it's just normal money they use for your living expenses, run it through and get a 10 to 15% bump on it. And uh, yeah, again, you have to pay ordinary income on that gain, but it's a great thing to do. And I would encourage you to kind of look at it to see if your company has the ESPP, the Employee Stock Purchase Plan, see if you can turn around and sell it and then see how much you can run through that. And relatively speaking, if you can turn around and sell it right away, I would run as much money as you can through $20,000, $25,000, whatever that is. Uh, and again, even if it's money that you use for living expenses, the only requirement is that you got to turn around and sell it right away to capture that, that gain. So just something to be aware of because we see a lot of our folks, they, they have those, uh, they have those plans and it's just something to be kind of cognizant of. One other idea that I want to bring up to you and you're um, thinking about, this is for more, well, you could be a participant in a company, but also if you're a small business owner, uh, is the concept of a 401k fiduciary. You know, we just see this every time we come into a plan, a 401k plan that we start working with and where they did not have a fiduciary before. So they had just, you know, maybe it's a, a financial advisor, but they're not a fiduciary. They can only do general education for the participants. Uh, the trustees are not getting that fiduciary guidance. They're just, uh, you know, maybe getting uh, working with the advisor, but the advisor has not taken on, has not been delegated that responsibility. You know, the one thing that we see is when we come in, it's like this uh, opening of a window that this fresh air that, you know, they're open up the screens that they can now see things clearly that, you know, for participants to be able to get fiduciary guidance on their investment allocation, to get fiduciary guidance on their um, any financial planning questions. And we, you know, a lot of times when we're having individual meetings, it may be talking about budgeting. It may be talking about, uh, it could be talking about the employee benefits. Uh, it could be talking about debt management, uh, how, you know, estate planning. I mean, you name it, those are the conversations we have with uh, our plan participants. And, you know, what I would suggest is if you have a 401k plan, if you're an executive of that company, or even if you're a participant, you know, make sure that you have a fiduciary on those plans. Uh, because so many of the plan participants, they don't have access uh, to a plan fiduciary, right? They, you know, if they're, if they're gonna, or a financial uh, fiduciary, if they're gonna get guidance, they're probably gonna get guidance from somebody who is gonna sell them a product, right? And uh, that's not what we're doing in there when we're, we're talking with our participants. You know, and it's not just general education guidance. Uh, we can give them specific guidance on what they need to be 
doing with their allocation and, and specifically what, what funds to use and how to have it allocated. Uh, and then we can also talk to them about what they should be doing in their own personal financial situation. And that is so important to have that guidance. So again, if you're an executive, I would really look and make sure that you have a fiduciary in there. Uh, you know, and if you're a participant, same thing, you know, tell your HR person, tell the, the business owner that, you know, that's really what you want, that you, you want to have somebody that is a fiduciary that you can get guidance from. And it's a huge employee benefit. You know, you think about this is how you're going to retire uh, one day. So it, it's just so important for you. Really something to think about. Well, we're going to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY 103.1 FM and 810 AM. Take care, folks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And it's great to be here with you today to answer any questions you may have. I hope you're enjoying this gorgeous day out there. And I encourage you to call in with any of those questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. And we're gonna go right to the phone lines. We have Pat. Pat, are you there? Yes, hi there, Vern. How, how you doing yes. today? Oh, so far we're doing pretty good in the sunlight here. Uh, little, you know, a little housework with the plumbing today. I just got a little leak. I got to fix up before oh, the last floor. Oh boy! Really yeah, I know how I'm that goes. Back and forth to Amsterdam. I live outside, so it's back and forth deal. Uh, gotcha. You gotta get the gotcha. right measurements, otherwise it won't work. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I I've learned. <laughs> A few years ago to outsource my plumbing, I had one incident I tried to do on my own and it didn't work out well. So I, I, I wish you luck to, to get things done uh, and taken care of. Yeah, it's small. I can do it. Hey, but the question I would have to ask you, and I'm quite certain other people have done the same. Um, I plan on return uh, probably, uh, well, next year, probably July, somewhere around there, less than a year, you know, probably June, July. I'll be just before I turn 69. 
I started collecting uh, my Social Security because I want to put it in investments now. Um, I think maybe it'd make a little less if if uh, now than say when January goes on, I would have probably made a few dollars more. Mm-hmm. But they said the best thing to do is start investing it. But my question would be is now that um, my, I have a fidelity at work, a 401K. Okay. I have a few personal items, mostly technology, two technology funds. I have an IRA account. And uh, I was kind of wondering, uh, I mean, the, the tech stocks are really taking off, doing really good. Yeah. I was wondering, uh, do you think I should be able to, uh, or should uh, uh, think about uh, talking to these people about more of conservative ways of doing things? Now, I'm not sure exactly which one would be better. Uh, I don't, don't know about bonds as much, but some one said about annuities as well. They said the annuities, with the, what they have, because uh, I heard Steve Boucher say annuities is probably not the best way to go in some areas. But they they don't take um, a fee for the lower. They have a, one that they don't take a fee for, and, and there's others they do take a fee for. Uh, how would I go about putting? A, what what kind would I study? What type of funds to put in for uh, conservative? At least a little bit, anyways. Yeah. So, so uh, you hear a train there, but you must be right by the tracks. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am. They're down yeah. there for me. <laughs> Gotcha. So, so um, what, do you have all your allocation right now in equities, in stocks, or do you have anything in bonds? Uh, no, I, not, not a personal bond fund, but I'm assuming the uh, IRA account may have some in there, and uh, some of the funds maybe that I have maybe have some bonds. Um, I have a life path uh, thing. I forget what that one is about. So I, I'm not sure it's 2025. Yeah, but there's a life path, and I think they have a mixture with bonds in yeah. there as well with stocks. Yeah, but yep. I do yep. not have personally bought any bonds at all. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to tell you. I mean, we're in some challenging times, right? Which is, you know, equities because you got some of the uncertainty with the economy. Uh, bonds because interest rates are so low, right? So you know, you got to be aware of that. You're not going to get an awful lot from bonds. And if interest rates rise like they have over the last week, the value of your bond fund is going to go down. Uh, but, you know, the one caveat I would tell you about annuities, right, and this is for you and anybody else is listening, you know, the only reason you want an annuity is if you want to do it, it, what's called an immediate fixed annuity, where you give them, let's say, $100,000, and they put an annuity, and then it turns into a stream of income, like a pension, right? And, and it's so they're going to tell you that you can get a, about a 45 5% distribution from, that, let's say, that $100,000. So let's say $5,000 a year. Uh, that's about you know five percent on that hundred thousand dollars, and if you do that and you turn it around as an annuity, and, and it becomes that pension for you that you're looking to have, uh, then that may be an okay way to use an annuity. But you know every other way, the problem with annuities is they're high fees. Uh, you're going to get locked into it for a long period of time. You know they're they're going to talk about you know some guaranteed element and everything. And I'm going to tell you, I just did an analysis for. A, a prospective client, you know, between the the high fees and the poor uh, investment options, you know, he gave up on such a large return versus just being in a, in a simple diversified portfolio. 
than he would otherwise have. And he didn't need a pension, right? He has plenty of assets. He, uh, you know, is looking to pass money on to his heirs, his kids, and he already had a small pension with his work. So he didn't need a pension, but he was sold an annuity. So the only reason you should be talking to him about annuity is if you're going to go ahead and immediately turn it into, annuitize it and turn it to a stream of income for a pension for yourself, right? That That is the, otherwise stay way clear of annuities. Just it is, <laughs> they're going to love to sell you because they get 6% for selling that to you. So well, the other element. No fees says they have two, two different kinds. One is no fees and one with, with fees. So uh, I don't know how that works, but. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would stay clear. <laughs> Just okay. do not, uh, unless you. It would be bonds. Well, so, I, yeah, I, so, I have a CD, but that, you know, you put one chunk in and then you just got to, you can't wait, you got to wait till it matures, then you take it out. So you can't yeah. add to it. Yep. So I would just, you, you know, go into a diversified allocation, right? Which is, let's say, you know, for your age and for, you know, what you're looking to do, something like 60-40, 60% in equities and 40% in bonds in a diversified bond portfolio. And, and this is where it gets more complicated, right? Which is, you know, I, it'd be tough for me to tell you over the radio exactly what that bond allocation should be in the types of funds, but you do want it to be diversified. You want it to get some yield, so maybe take a little more risk, but you also want to do capital preservation, right? So it's going to be a combination of different types of areas, but I, that's what my recommendation is around a 60-40, uh, so 60% I'm sorry, equity, 40% bonds. The other thing I'm, gonna, I'm just going to point out to you is, you know, if you listen to our radio program, we're big believers in technology. We've been overweight in technology where, you know, we've got uh, allocations to QQQ, but you have to make sure that you're diversified out of that as well, right? Because, you know, there it, it, with some of these big companies, like we saw this week, you know, there may be a time where they're not performing as well. So, you know, having an allocation to them has been great and is really provided to your portfolio return, but diversification in your in your stock piece is as important as diversification in your bond piece. So, so just make sure that your your equities are diversified, and you know having that growth allocation in those big tech companies is fantastic. But you know you want to make sure you also have other uh, stock allocations as well. Okay, so I think that that life path that I think they uh, they have, I think that's a sixty forty. So uh, I probably yeah. continue with that the rest of my time. Yeah, you can. The only thing is, you know, it's. You probably, if you can, you know, if the, you're working in a, with an advisor, they could probably do a better job building out a portfolio separate of that. Like, so those are target date funds. That's what life path. Those are kind of like very vanilla uh, types of approaches, which, which for a 401k is a great way. It's a great way to do it. But you can't, if you've got an advisor that is knowledgeable, they should be able to build out a portfolio for you that is going to provide a uh, better return and overall income than that, those life paths. Right. And, you know, oh, okay. think about the, a the life. Fund. Okay. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Separate funds. You know, again, the life path, the way to think about this is why there's such a great fund is when people don't know what to put their money into in the 401k plan, they don't even need to think about it. Right. You just pick approximately what year you're going to retire and then you put your money in there and you know, you just don't even think about it. So, so they are a great fund for a 401k plan. But for someone like yourself, as you retire, my recommendation is to make sure all your money is out of a 401k into an IRA or into a taxable account, depending on what you have. So, and, and then in a well-diversified uh, portfolio that's, you know, you've got an advisor, give you just some basic ideas on it as to get, how to get set up. 
Okay, so the taxable occur is to, to find a way to pay less tax as I retire. Is that how it is? Yeah, and now with the taxable account, so um, I wouldn't be too concerned about paying too much in taxes, right? You're going to be retired, so your income's going to be less. And, you know, if you're paying taxes on it, that means that you're even either having growth in that portfolio or it's producing income. So, so okay, I, I yeah. would not, yeah, do not really, you don't, you know, you don't want to create a huge tax burden. But what we always tell our clients is if we're creating a tax bill for you, you know, we're going to try to minimize that, but we're creating a tax bill because we created a lot, we made a lot of gains for you, or, you know, we have a lot of income from dividends and bonds and you, yeah, you know, depending on, yeah. So, so you got to, I wouldn't be too concerned unless you were in an awfully high tax bracket. I wouldn't be too concerned with creating income in a taxable account. That's, that's a good thing. Okay. I'm not in tax bracket. So, but I thank you for your time and for your information. I appreciate it. Okay. It's good talking with you. Good luck with your plumbing. All right, folks. Yeah, no, interesting stuff. I, I'm telling you, I'll say this every day, all the time. You know, you got to be aware that if somebody's talking about an annuity, you know, the question is, are they, is it a fiduciary who's just giving you guidance? They're not going to be selling you one, or it's, is it someone that is potentially selling you an annuity? And I'm telling you, talk to your friends, your family, whatever. If they're going to be doing an annuity, they got, just like I described to Pat, it's got to be a situation where they are going to be taking that as a pension. And they're going to be doing it right away. That, I mean, that is the the main criteria by which you should make that determination if you're going to take an annuity. And I talked about this the last time I did the show. You have to be aware that you may not have anything left of those dollars when you pass away, right? And so, you know, if you're thinking about passing money onto your heirs, uh, you know, kids, kids, grandkids, whatever, uh, probably not a good way to do it through an annuity, right? There's definitely better ways to do it than taking that annuity on and um, and again, the, the, the fees and the penalties to, to get out of it if you want to are just outrageous. So something to consider. Well, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our conversation and we take your questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields, and I'm going to be your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Steve Boucher, and it's great to be here with you on this very nice Saturday, September afternoon. I tell you, you can tell it's it's fall, right? It's just got that little bit of crispness in the air, but uh, it's just fantastic time to be in upstate New York, and it's great to be here with you to answer any questions you may have regarding your financial planning or investment management concerns. And I encourage you to call in uh, with those questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So um, just a couple other items that I want to kind of bring to your attention to, that you can incorporate in your own uh, personal situation. So we've got a lot of questions that come in regarding the, the election, right? And people very concerned about the election. Uh, it depends on what your view is. They could be concerned about the current administration winning. They could be concerned about uh, the Biden uh, winning. They just can be concerned about the election. And, you know, what we talk about is that if you look at historical data going all the way back to 1950. Relatively speaking, when you're talking about the broad economy and you're talking about the overall market, it does not matter if you have a Republican or Democrat in the, in the White House. 
you may want to argue that, but it's not all we're talking about is the data. We're not putting any personal spin on that or any kind of thoughts or insight. That this is what the data says is it, historically speaking, it does not matter. And you know, the fact of the matter is, I think what's important is, you know, it just shows you that the president, although it's a powerful position, you know, it only has a limited ability over the overall economy. I mean, you know, it really it's uh, that is the case. And we're talking about, you know, our so large economy, you know, $19 trillion. There's only so much that, you know, the president can do to impact it, either good or bad. So, you know, just something to, to be aware of that it's not going to matter. Now, short term, could there be volatility? Absolutely. Right. There can absolutely be some the volatility. I mean, the potential one of the issues is that if this election is not resolved on election night or election week or election month, you know, if we're pushing into December and there's no resolution, that I would imagine there's going to be some volatility. I mean, that could that, but that's, you know, again, we talk about that being short term in nature. Uh, the other thing, too, is that's important is, you know, I do think that if Biden wins, there's a good chance that he's going to increase taxes on high income earners and in um, on corporate taxes. Right. And that could be a negative for the um, the markets. I, I, you know, I, it, it's just a fact. Uh, now, you know, I don't think it's going to be a dramatic increase. Uh, and, you know, he, he's going to have to get it passed. Right. It's going to have and he's going to have to get it passed through the Senate. That would be, you know, not right now. It's in the Republican control, and it's going to have to be filibuster proof, meaning that they have to at least have 60 senators. So, you know, I don't know if that would happen either. So, um, but that's something to consider. But, but it, again, when you talk about the overall long term over the next four years, Democrat versus uh, Republican in there, you know, just I'm talking about the data. It doesn't matter. Um, and you know, that one thing I will say though, you know, particular industries. Uh, it could absolutely um, be impacted, right? So if Biden wins, if you're in the coal industry, you know, there's a good chance that that's going to be impacted, right? It's just, that's true. If, you, if Biden wins and you're in the, uh, you know, wind turbine business, that's probably a good thing for you. But when you're talking about the broad economy, when you're talking about the, the, uh, the broad stock market, uh, you know, I just, it does not matter. And that's, that's important, right? So yeah, you want to take a little risk off the table because of the uncertainty and things are doing well, you know, that can make sense depending on your, in your situation. And that's what I've talked to you about at the top of the hour. It's just, you know, this is a good time to reassess your risk tolerance. You know, how did you do last March when there was volatility and, you know, are you getting closer to retirement? Like uh, the caller Pat, these are things to consider, uh, if you're, you know, kind of, if you're looking at your portfolio, but making wholesale changes and trying to time the market uh, because you know of the election uh, and you're concerned over one administration or another, uh, it's not a not a good thing. I mean, let's, let's face it. Back in 2016, everybody was concerned with Trump winning and uh, you know what was going to happen. And you know, if you remember election night, the market the, in uh, off-market trading was down around five percent, six percent. And uh, by that next day, it was pretty much flat. And uh, you know, it's been a good four years. Uh, and again, uh, you know, that's just, uh, it's more of a function of the economy and, uh, you know, the, the overall market than getting too caught up in, in politics. And it kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier, which is keeping things simple, right? You, you start overthinking it, you, you start thinking you're smarter than, you know, everybody else on Wall Street, then uh, good luck with that. That's, uh, that's a tough game to, to win. But uh, folks, if you have any questions, you can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949.
So, you know, one of the things I just want to talk about is, you know, I, I mentioned it to the caller, Pat, about, you know, technology and, uh, you know, the tech companies and let's face it, they, they are, they've got great business models. Uh, you know, I can go through each one of them and talk to you by why they're going to be around for many, many years to come and then why they're going to continue to grow. Um, but you do have to be aware, I, you know, we see a little bit with some clients that, you know, we like those, those, that industry, we like technology and, uh, you know, some comments like, well, let's just put everything in there. <laughs> it's done so well. Let's just put everything in there. And, you know, again, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it seems like a, like a, a no brainer, but the fact of the matter is it's, it's shown all the time that, you know, particular industries and sectors and even styles. So this would be a growth. Uh, you know, it rotates through and the last 10 years have been great for growth. But what's interesting is value, which is the other style, right? Buying companies at a discount. Historically speaking, value uh, has been the better performer over growth, right? So, you know, it is just important to be diversified, to have small cap, to have uh, mid cap, to have some value, uh, you know, having different sectors other than technology. And, you know, it just just something to be aware of, because, you know, what's interesting, too, is when you look at, you know, these companies and how big they are, um, you know, from a historical perspective, there's over time, there's change in leadership in those big companies. Right. It's, uh, you know, if you think Apple, who's the biggest company now at two trillion dollars, is going to continue to be the biggest company for years and years to come. I don't know. History says that you're going to be wrong. Uh, you know, what's interesting is with the S&P 500. Uh, when you look at that, it really since, let's say, uh, the late 60s, almost over 80% of the companies in the S&P 500 are different now than they were back then. 80% of the companies over the last 50 years are different in the S&P 500. So, you know, again, uh, it, it, it's interesting. I was looking at this, some of the data. You know, AT&T was the biggest company. I think it had, it, it was 20% of the uh, the index. Uh, back in the 30s, you know, almost 25%. And it's still a big company. It's $200 billion company. But, you know, it's not anywhere near these behemoths. And let's face it, like, it probably is not going to take that mantle of the largest company anytime soon. And, uh, you know, that rotation happens. I mean, everyone here with GE, uh, that was the largest company at one point. And, you know, I always remember hearing people say, well, you don't need, I don't need to diversify my portfolio. I own GE. And they're diversified, right? And, uh, you know, it just shows you that you don't know exactly when you talk about individual company risk, right? That's, that's the big thing you're talking about. You're not talking about market risk. You're talking about individual company risk, whether it's just something happens in that industry. You know, there's a new Apple. There's a new Amazon that really starts to take hold. The other thing to remember, too, is uh, regulatory um, impacts on these companies, right? Absolutely. I mean, there was just something that came out in regards to Google. Uh, on regulatory impact, you know, that Microsoft saw this back in the 90s, you know, it could be here in the US, it could be in other countries, it could be uh, in all of Europe, you know, definitely as these companies get big, uh, there is a kind of a, a mindset amongst politicians that they need to be regulated. So that regulation is not good for growth, right? Uh, so, you know, just, I bring this up just to kind of be aware of, make sure that you, you don't kind of put all your eggs in one basket and, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, keeping that diversification, even when it's, it's difficult, you know, don't be afraid to, to rebalance and take some of those gains. And we talk about this too, in particular for if you have stock options and restricted stock, and as I talked about earlier, employee stock purchase plan, if you have stock through that in your company and it's been doing really well, 
don't be afraid to take some gains, right? You know, people, you know, just are, I'm not saying sell, you know, everything you have in it, but, you know, as it keeps marching higher, um, you know, whatever that company is, if it's doing really, really well, that's fantastic, right? That is awesome. But don't be afraid to capture some of those gains, uh, in particular, if you work at that company, because you got all your eggs in that one basket, right? And if something were to happen, you know, everything from fraud to mismanagement to whatever, and now all your highly um, valued stock options and restricted stock, uh, now they, they can sharply decline. And, you know, I came from the telecom industry back in the 90s, and uh, I can tell you story after story uh, of people that had way too much in their company stock. And it was great when it was, you know, going up and up and up, but uh, they didn't bother to take any gains off the table. And uh, it's, a, it's, you know, it really can be devastating depending on how much you have in there. And, you know, we talk about this frequently, right? So, you know, really what you want to have is about, uh, but, you know, 10%, five to 10% in individual company stock, right? And this could be company, the company you work for and, or, you know, it could be a company that you bought and it's just grown so much. Once it starts getting, especially above 10%, you know, it, it just your overall net worth can be, you know, it, hey, if it keeps going up, it could be impacted in a very positive manner. But if it comes back down and something really happens, uh, it can be impacted in a real negative manner. And, you know, it's just something that you need to be aware of, of making sure that it's balanced, right? Uh, you know, think everything in life is usually better when it's balanced. And that's true with your portfolio. And in particular, when we're talking about that, that, that uh, company-specific risk, and just making sure that you're in a good spot with it. It's, uh, that, that's important. And, you know, I would tell you if, you, if you've got a lot of restricted stock, if you've got a lot of stock options, you really should absolutely be working with an advisor who's got expertise in that. And uh, you should be working with a, a tax expert on that too, right? Because you really want to make sure that those are handled. There's a plan in place that is kind of well thought out, and that plan is going to do well if, if things keep going up and that plan is going to do well if things go down. Right. And that's really what you want to be thinking about as to how that works. Well, folks, uh, our hour is up and it's been great being here with you. Uh, if you really want to, you can listen to me tomorrow at 8 a.m. I'll be back and we'll be talking about some new ideas. So it won't be the same show, but it's great being here with you. And you enjoy your day. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.